Well, it's been a good morning, hasn't it? Everything's fitting together so beautifully and we just thank God for his presence in those that have put the meeting together today. Well, I'm sure you'd agree with me that the life of faith is essentially a life of risk. Would you agree with me? No? Yes? Yep, there's a yes down there. (laughs) If we go back to the Bible and look at the men and women who did great things for God, almost without exception, they were risk takers who weren't afraid to lay it all on the line for God. Just think about these people in the Bible. Noah, he built an ark. Abraham left the Ur of Chaldees to go to the promised land. Moses led the people out of Egypt. Joshua marched round and round and round the walls of Jericho. David defeated Goliath. Elijah faced the prophets of Baal. Nehemiah led the Jews to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. When you read the Bible, again and again, you discover that men and women who accomplished great things for God weren't uh, happy to accept the status quo. They thought that more could be done, so they stepped forward and volunteered. So I think you could probably say that the life of faith is essentially a life of risk. If we are unwilling to take a chance, we will never discover what living by faith is all about. If we have to have all the answers before we make a decision, if we're afraid to take a step unless we know things are going to work out, faith is always going to be a mystery to us. Of all the stories in the New Testament that teach this truth, I believe none is more loved than the story that we read this morning of Peter walking on the water in Matthew 14. And if you'd like to open your Bibles and follow along, well, you're very welcome to do that. Matthew 14, 22 to 33. The background of the story is very simple. Jesus is on the shore of Galilee. It's late in the day. And Jesus has just performed the great miracle of feeding the 5,000 with the loaves and the fish. After dismissing the crowd, he sends the disciples ahead on the other side of the lake, telling them that he would meet them there later. As the disciples begin to sail across the lake, an enormous storm blows up. From the way the Gospel writers tell us, it seems that the storm might have begun about 8pm and continued all night long. Wouldn't we love that rain right now? The disciples are in the boat, struggling against the wind and the rain. The storm continues, one o'clock, two o'clock goes on, with no letting up. After eight or nine exhausting hours, the disciples are still stuck in the middle of the lake, dirty, drenched, chilled to the bone, and weary to the point that they begin to wonder if they're ever going to get to that shore alive. Let's pick up the story in verse 25. 
A little while before morning, Jesus came walking on the water towards the disciples. When they saw him, they thought he was a ghost. They were terrified and started screaming. Now, it's thought that that was probably around three or between 3 and 6 a.m. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. Someone cried out, it's a ghost. And they were wrong. But it wasn't a bad guess. After all, it's not every day that you see someone taking a midnight stroll across the, the lake in the middle of a storm, is it? We can understand their fear, can't we? Well, I can. <laughs> oh, what's going on here? They've been rowing and rowing and getting nowhere and they can't seem to make it to shore. It's getting to be early in the morning. They're all dead tired. Every muscle probably aches from the rowing. The rain's pelting at them from every angle. And if they were all men, ladies, they were probably grumpy and hungry and frustrated. But don't tell the men I said that. Suddenly, someone sees a figure walking across the water. I think in, the, in that situation, I would say exactly what they said. It's a ghost. My first thought really wouldn't be, here comes Jesus. He's decided to walk on the lake in the middle of a storm to get to us. But Jesus immediately said to them, don't worry, I am Jesus. Don't be afraid. Peter replies, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come on, Jesus said to him. Peter then got out of the boat and started walking on the water towards him. Many commentaries react really negatively to what Peter did here, calling him impulsive and headstrong and foolish for even wanting to walk on the water. Some even suggest that Peter thought he was better than the other disciples. But think about it for a moment. I think really they completely missed the point. There is nothing in the text that even remotely suggests that Peter was wrong for wanting to walk on the water. To me, everything points really in the other direction. It makes me wonder if the reason some commentators didn't like what Peter did is because they're the kind of people who would never really get out of the boat themselves. Think about it for a minute. At this point, I don't believe that Peter is being impetuous. It's not as if he jumps out of the boat and starts walking. Matthew is really very clear that Peter asks for permission first. If Jesus says no, then Peter probably would stay in the boat. But Jesus didn't say no, did he? He said Come on. So Peter went. How can you criticise him for that? 
But I don't also think that we should miss the force of Jesus' words when he said, take courage, don't be afraid. He used an expression there that the disciples would immediately understand. The phrase, it is I, is the Greek version of God saying in Exodus 3.14 that his name is I am. Jesus here links God himself with God in the Old Testament who miraculously delivered his people again and again. It's not just that Jesus is saying, don't worry, it's me, I'm not a ghost. It's his way of saying, I am the Lord God of the universe. I created the wind and the waves. I sent the storm. In Peter's case, he was safer out on the water than in the boat. At that time, the smartest thing that Peter could do was to get out of the boat. Once Peter was out fully on the water, he turns to walk towards Jesus. And as he walks towards Jesus, his master walks towards him. Everything goes really fine until Peter notices that storm all around him. Remember, the storm's still going on while all this is happening. And during all this commotion, the rain's coming down, still really heavy. And behind him, that little fishing boat is still bobbing on the water. Matthew tells us that when he saw the wind, he was afraid. But the wind was there all along, remember. The storm had been raging for hours. It's not as if it had let up when Jesus started walking on the water. Jesus comes to them in the midst of the storm. According to verse 32, the wind doesn't die down until Peter and Jesus get back in the boat. Someone once defined faith as concentration on Jesus. I find that really helpful because we can all get distracted, especially when the storms of life are a rage around us. It's not always easy to keep our eyes on Jesus in the middle of the night when things are falling down around us and fear threatens to overwhelm us, is it? I believe that this text reminds us that not only does con Christ control the storm, he reveals himself in the midst of the storm. Very often our best vision of Christ comes when the storms of life threaten to tip us over out of that tiny boat of our faith. What do we do then? We fix our eyes on Jesus. The wind will always blow around us and storms will always come to all of us, I'm sure. We have no choice of control over when the storms come either. Today, the suns are shining. Tomorrow, we may find ourselves 
living with the wind and the rain, tossed about by difficulties. Life can change that quickly, can't it? What happened to Peter can also happen to us. Peter, for a moment, forgets about Jesus and remembers who he is and where he is. He is Peter, a Galilean fisherman who belongs back in the boat. In that instance, he looks down at his feet and sees nothing but water underneath him. His mind comes to a quick conclusion. I'm not supposed to be walking on this water. This is impossible. When he lost his concentration on Jesus, he began to sink. And he goes down in the water. And as he does, he prays one of the Bible's shortest prayers. Save me, Lord. The Bible says here that immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. His words to Peter are very important. You surely don't have much faith. Why do you doubt? Now remember, all this took place out in the middle of the lake. It's pitch dark with the wind howling and the rain beating down. The boat and the other disciples is rocking up and down a few metres away. Peter is soaking wet and scared to death. Jesus is standing on the water and Peter clutches his arms for grim death. After the Lord pulls Peter up from the water, Jesus shares a few things that will help Peter in his spiritual life. No doubt Peter's muttering under his breath, please, can we get back to the boat? I promise I'll never pull a stunt like that again. Meanwhile, back at the boat, the other disciples are watching this whole scene. Their mouths are probably wide open and their eyes are probably all blurry. They've never dreamed of such a thing ever happening. Verse 32 and 33 wrap up this little episode when Jesus and Peter get back to the boat and the wind dies down. The men in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, you really are the son of God. Just for a moment, let's look at a couple of observations about Peter that I think sometimes we overlook. I think sometimes we're a bit hard on Peter for not having enough faith to stay afloat. But I really believe we should give Peter the credit here because he was do willing to do what no one else in that boat was prepared to do. Before we come down too hard on him for taking his eyes off Jesus, we should remember that there were 11 other guys in that boat watching this whole event. But it's not a story about Bartholomew or Matthew or James walking on the water, is it? Because they stayed in the boat. This is about Peter walking on the water because he was the only one that had the courage to get out of the boat. Maybe some of the others wanted to. Maybe they would have if Peter had stayed out there longer. 
but we have to give Peter the credit. He did it and they didn't. That's why the story is about him and the other 11 aren't even mentioned. I don't believe that Jesus was rebuking Peter for attempting too much, but for trusting too little. Can you see the difference? Jesus is not saying, Peter, you should have stayed in the boat. Peter, Jesus didn't rebuke Peter for getting out of the boat. To the contrary, Jesus is really saying, Peter, if you just kept your eyes on me, you could have walked across the Atlantic Ocean. Staying in the boat may be comfortable and safe, but that's not what the life of faith is all about, is it? Christ calls us out to find out what he is doing in the world and then to put ourselves wholeheartedly into his cause. In the end, who looked better? Peter, who tried and sank, or the other 11 who didn't even try? There is reasons why we don't preach about that other 11, isn't there? They played it safe. Only Peter took the risk. And that's why we're still talking about him over 2,000 years later. I realise that it's risky to walk on water. It's possible that you might sink. But you're never going to know until you get out of the boat. just right there. Scared us at first, but then again at this point, why were we so surprised? I guess that kind of tells you how frustrating we were to him at times. We'd seen him do so many things, miracles. Why did we act so shocked? I asked him if I could walk to him. And when did he ever say no to us? Never, not once. And so I got out of that boat, just hopped out of it like we were on land or something. And I felt the wind, it uh, felt like it just went straight through me. All my confidence just slipped out of the bottom of my feet. You should have heard them when he rode into Jerusalem. I can still hear them. Hundreds just lining the streets, chanting it over and over and over and over and over and over. Hosanna in the highest. Salvation has come 
and they finally felt it. They finally celebrated him. And I, I already knew him. I knew he is the kind of king who reaches out and pulls you up, even if you have doubts. The one who always comes to help us. The one who always saves you when you call his name. I wonder what name he's calling out today. I wonder what we're doing for his kingdom's sake. Yeah, it's risky business. But it's business that's worth doing, isn't it? The life of faith isn't easy. But God's there. Jesus is there to lift us up and hold us strong. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, grant that we might be great risk-takers for the kingdom of God. Shake us loose from the security of staying in the boat. Help us to walk on the waters of faith because we believe that Jesus will hold us up. Amen and amen.